0: And welcome to the Men Up Podcast. I'm Christian Shabu. I'm George Black. And it is a crisp day. If by crisp you mean cold, then yes. That is exactly what I mean. <laughs> Got it. We went to the gym and I think both of us were fairly underdressed for the gym at 6 o'clock this morning.
1: Yeah, I had shoes on that clearly are meant for summertime. And my my feet were cold when I came out the gym. And my head was too because I was sweating. It just wasn't a good look. Right, you didn't have your cap on. You needed your cap. Right, or my hood. On my hood It just Yeah 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 The cold hit me in the face I was not comfortable I've lived in New Haven all my life I should be used to this And I'm not
0: Right I was thinking the same thing Like I should know better At this point As a Mid 30's man Who has grown up In New England Lived here my entire life I should know better When it's gonna get cold And how I need to dress In order to make that happen And feel warm And I haven't learned yet Right I I actually just feel like I should be
1: more comfortable With the cold Like it shouldn't bother me As much as it actually does Right now Because it's it's been bothering me and it's not even, like, we we have not even really
0: started winter. It's supposed to snow today. It's supposed to snow. It's already snowing in some of our New England states, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, I got a smile on my face, but I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not happy about the snow.
0: You'll find this funny. So yesterday uh, was at school and one of our Men Up leadership team members, or several of them, uh, are at the school that I work at, Mm -hmm. right? And, and Dante, I uh, was talking to him, and he was about to leave, and he just had a t-shirt on, right? And I remember those days when I was 15, 16, 17, and I could wear a t-shirt, maybe even shorts, and it'd be really cold, and I was fine, right? And so I said to him, like, Dante, like, where's, where's your jacket, man? It's cold out there. He's like, he's like, nah, nah, I'm getting getting acclimated, getting... Uh, making sure I can tough out the cold, and I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Well, you know, I've noticed." I said to him, and "I set myself up." I said to him, "I was like, you know, I've noticed as I've gotten older, I've wanted to be warmer, more." And he's like, "He's like, well, you're just not tough. That's what happens when you get old." And I was like, "Wow, wow." <laughs> I know you better
1: not have no cold, and you better be at this meeting on Saturday. I right. know that.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> well, we've got a great show lined up. We are gonna talk. We're gonna go a little bit in depth about mentorship Hmm. and what that looks like, specifically as it relates to understanding one's manhood and and masculinity and and how that can really support our young men, particularly, because that's often where our area of focus and expertise is with our with our young our young people. And so we're gonna focus on that, but before we do that, we're gonna get into a very exciting segment that we're gonna we're gonna have once in a while here on the Men Up Podcast because it throws it back to a podcast that we started about this time last year called the is this us podcast
1: Ooh, oh yeah 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 so if y'all don't know the is this us podcast was when me and christian got together and recapped uh, episodes of this is us which is uh one of our favorite shows that we bonded over and watched together and so uh i'm happy that this is happening because we haven't done it in a while
0: we haven't we haven't so this is going to be a uh, a segment that we do periodically on the Men Up podcast, not every week, because we know that not everybody shares our love for "This Is Us." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you should. I, yeah, I was gonna. I, I didn't want to say that
1: because I didn't want to prescribe what people's loves should be. But I'm just saying, if you don't like
0: this show, it's because you haven't watched it, and that's that's facts. I'm just saying. So, starting with this segment, we haven't talked about this season at all, mm. right? So we're about six episodes in so far. We got a lot to talk about. The first thing is that one of the bigger themes you and I were talking about is that it seems like going into this season that there are just new directions for all three of the main characters, Mm. for Kevin, for Randall, and for Kate. They've got very specific things that they have, their energy, their focus, and thus the storyline, right, like, is is pushing towards. Yeah. The,
1: the, The first season, they all seem so wrapped up in their story with their father. Um, and while obviously that's never gonna not be the case for them, their focus is now, with the exception of of Kevin, who seems very engrossed with his with his father's past, right? Right. We got we got Kate about to have a baby. Uh, Kevin's in a committed relationship, or well, something that is growing into a committed relationship. I have my thoughts. Uh, and uh, and Randall's running for office, and like, and that's yeah. It's what what I'm excited about is the fact that they 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 seem to be. Focusing on things that are, that aren't just like what it what it means to like be their father's kid.
0: I think a lot of what happened towards um, the middle and end of last season was there was a lot of. A lot of things that like each one of them were dealing with, trying to process through. Um, obviously, last season ended with Kate's wedding, which was beautiful. Uh, but then it seems like this season, like they've got really each one of them has really positive things that like they're directed towards. So the story's taken a little bit of a shift. Of course, there are challenges that they're dealing with throughout the episodes, right? In in Randall's pursuit for running for office, like he recognizes like what it what it means to be the outsider, right? And he he yeah. You know, a lot of that storyline for that episode, we see him just really reflecting on, like, how that's been his experience for much of his life. Um, And even in going into a community, he went in thinking he was going to feel comfortable, right? And in fact, because he didn't understand the community in Philadelphia, like, felt like an outsider. And and so his adjustment, but that's just one example. But for all three of them, they ultimately seem like they are moving in a positive direction.
1: Yeah, which is great for them. (laughs) Um, And seems really... Really juxtaposed to like their people, other people in their lives, right? Because they they have this great direction, right? And then we have uh, these other characters whose past we are getting to like dive into. Um, so we, we got we got Beth uh, who who lost her job and is like sifting through what seems like like her like her value, right? Her contribution. Uh, Toby is battling depression uh obviously this is not the first time Toby has battled depression um and, and right like is battling depression because he got off his meds for the sake of kate right uh and and, and their potential baby um, and then just learning more about miguel and his struggle to to fit into this family to be this person that that they that they depend on and lean on um and with what seems like a promise he made to take care of of, of jack's family if to him so his team, yeah there's this there's this positive stuff over here and then but everybody else seems like they're going through it a little bit
0: yeah it's, it's interesting that episode with miguel where we start to peel back the layers and understand like why is why is he why is he even in the mix mm-hmm. right like we in the first season we saw him as just jack's friend right mm-hmm. so there there's a mm-hmm. lot of questions of like well wait how did him and rebecca like even get together and like mm-hmm. that seemed like it could have been a dramatic place but really in that episode we saw uh, that he had made a commitment to Jack in their friendship early on when Jack and Rebecca uh, were involved that if anything happened, that he would support them, right? right. And yeah. so we see through the episode they're having problems in the new apartment that they're living in post Jack dying and, and Miguel comes over and, and works on the refrigerator and helps like just fix things, right? Mm-hmm. Because of that commitment, right? And so you actually start to see him start to take hold as like somebody who can offer support and can be the rock Mm-hmm. Um, in that family beyond just Rebecca, right? Yeah. On the flip side, two people that in the first season were very much the rock, uh, for, for their family, right? Were Toby and Beth, mm-hmm. right? And now mm-hmm. as we're peeling back the layers and their stories evolving and they're having to go through some real hardships, like they, they can't be the rock, yeah. right? Like, they're, they're going through their own struggles Mm -hmm. right whereas the main characters were going through struggles in the first season they were supporting it sort of has flipped that role which has been interesting and and been great drama and tv to watch right
1: yeah yeah it's it What's been great that i've especially enjoyed watching kate just like be ride or die for toby right and like reassuring toby even in the midst of his depression like no like what you're saying isn't making me feel better and like but, but but she's saying it anyway like i'm here for you i'm not going anywhere uh seeing, right, so seeing Kate be a, be kind of be a rock, right? Or even when um, Randall suggested that Beth, uh, like, help him with his campaign, like, be my campaign manager, right? Um, And there was a conversation that they, uh, that Beth had with Deja where it was like, this man loves you, right? Like, so like this, it's like the roles have switched a little bit, right? In a way, I'm I'm really excited about seeing that unfold.
0: For both Toby and Beth, they've had to reveal a level of vulnerability to, to Kate and Randall and that's been really interesting to just watch right because the yeah the, the first season like they were so they were just so steady mm-hmm. right and you would often see like there were moments where Randall was emotionally manic there were moments where Kate was emotionally manic and going through stuff and and, and they always offered uh, that place to be the rock and it, and it just reminds it reminds me personally to just think about how these relationships get represented uh, on TV and in the media right a lot of times like Relationships take these like archetypal, like oh, this person's always the rock and this person's struggling, right? Or like, there's always there's a dynamic that doesn't shift, and I think this show does a really good job of showing how dynamics and relationships shift. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, how do we support whether it's our partner or family member in those moments where where things switch up for them? Absolutely,
1: yeah, man. Also, shout out to Deja for just like settling in. I just feel like it's important that we see Jay Deja. Being a source of wisdom and stability, and like there's some sign that uh, there has been healing that's happening for her um, in a way that we didn't think it was going to happen, especially at the end of season one. So
0: shout out to bitch. I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, it's interesting you bring that up too. I I was having some conversation at school, mm-hmm. right? About you know, for for young people that really seem to be struggling, right? What are the things that can that can help shift them? Uh, out of that place of struggling or or often reeling, right? like when one thing happens, like just seems like another and another and another, and oftentimes it's routine right it's just mm-hmm. being in routine, knowing that something is going to be there consistently.
1: there has been so many conversations around routine and habit, and like for me recently, and just a just a reminder that like like habit and routine does more than just like make my brain think that like I know what's coming next it's it actually like. Shifts my heart in a direction, right? And like, and I think routine actually is such a powerful form, like such a powerful component of healing, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's it's cool to to see that play out,
0: and not just healing, growth, yeah, mm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and this gets into our conversation about mentorship, mm. right? That oftentimes I think. The, the best mentors in my own life um, and certainly I think those that are out there that can offer mentorship on a long-term basis, right? At least initially there's a little bit of like the just weathering the storm, right? Mm-hmm. That like mm-hmm. ultimately this thing will be powerful, this relationship will be powerful if I can get through the initial places of like This feels awkward or like this is challenging or or any of that, right? Because it hasn't been normalized yet It hasn't been routine, right? So we see that with Deja, right? It's clear mm-hmm. after several months uh, of just being in this routine of being with this family of whether it's going to school being around them consistently all that sort of stuff seeing the way Beth and Randall interact with each yeah. other like you get enough of those routines you can actually like settle in and start to grow
1: mentorship is something that we've seen played out like with when we see Randall do things like take Deja to to the old house that he met his father in and try to have conversations even when she seems unreceptive right even, like, it's that consistent leaning in that consistent walking with Right, that was happening, that was yeah, that that was the game changer. And that's
0: really to start to really dive into mentorship <laughs> now. The connection there is there's an episode where Randall in the always feeling like an outsider, right? We we get flashbacks to when Randall is like trying to coerce Jack into like teaching him how to box, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying, Oh, I'm getting picked on and all this other stuff and so Jack teaches him and really what's underneath that is like Randall's like, I'm never gonna be like you, right? Like he he realizes like he's adopted right and and flash forward like they're talking later on as a family and they're i think it's kevin says to him like you are you are the most like dad right and it's because of the way that randall shows up and often is like mentoring certainly his in his family right but like even his siblings and like offering that because jack always seems to be a mentor as well even in his death in the present days with all three of these characters like his, his wisdom, his counsel, his mentorship like exists through and through and Randall represents that as well.
1: There's this difference to me anyway when it comes to uh, what we think about when we think about counsel, right? Like what is what is wise counsel, right? And, um, and often I feel like it's one thing for us to just seek like seek advice, right? You know, a person will have an issue in their head, and they'll go to someone who they trust, right? But who may not necessarily have been through anything, or right, have the the wisdom uh, to pour into somebody, and and you know they'll get insight and advice, and that's that's valuable, right? But there's something special about about wise counsel, about what it looks like to go to somebody who who has continuously been walking with you, right? Like who has been consistent in your life. Uh, who has experience through which, like this wisdom, has been imparted to them and can like impart it to you, um, but who does that not just in the form of like a, a sit down conversation, but in what it means like walk with and do life with you. You know, recently
0: we got the opportunity to be on Moving Target Radio mm-hmm. and podcast with Jay Kemp. Shout out to Jay Camp and Moving Target. Kemp. And in one of the final episodes, it was like a four part series that we were part of. One of one of the people who is often a mentor here in New Haven, often offers a lot of counsel, right? I know he has to you, to me, Mm -hmm. uh, to to other men in our community, is Drift, right? Mm -hmm. And he's the one that in that conversation when we were talking about like, well, what are the what are the lessons? What are the what are the things we can be teaching our young men around manhood, around what it means to be a man? He was the person in the room that brought up, you know, we need to teach all young people, but in this context. Our young men like the difference between advice and counsel right mm-hmm. and that a lot of times when we're we're coming for advice we often already have it in our head like what exactly we're we're going for and what we're trying to get out of that person right maybe it's we're going to them because we, we want them to validate what we're saying even mm-hmm. though we're asking for advice maybe it's like we're very clear we have this one question or like this, this one piece we don't understand so we're going to that person mm. maybe it's a friend maybe it's a family member but that that is different than counsel and that like counsel And as I, I connected to like mentorship, like that's what really started to resonate for me. But like, that is somebody, I'll just say it for my life, like somebody in my life that can offer an outside perspective that, that, but also really understands in a pretty holistic way, like my experience and like who I am and how I've showed up in the past and, and what gaps I have, and also has a bit of wisdom, right? And that wisdom doesn't necessarily have to be related to age although it often is, but like has had some experience and some wisdom to be able to offer some insight mm-hmm. there. Yeah,
1: they almost seem like, counsel seems to be like, what does it mean for someone to have the ability to uh, synthesize their experience with yours, right? They gotta know you on some level. They have to like have been with you on some level such that they're clear what your perspective is, not even just what you're sharing with them, but also having had like seen you and watched you move, right? Um, that they're able to, to take who they are, what they've experienced, and, and, and give it to you in a way that they know will serve who you are and what you've experienced. And it's interesting, it's interesting for us to be able to take time and look at how that's shown up like, in our lives, right? How, like, who, where are the spaces, the places, and specifically the people uh, who uh, intentionally or unintentionally have, have, have been walking with us, giving us wise counsel, Right? Uh, I think it's important that we, if you have not already, uh, begin to identify those people.
0: As we start to, to think about this more and more, it, it made me start to think about like what, what patterns or, or what characteristics in my own life have I, have I seen show up for people that I'd identify as mentors? Mm-hmm. Right? So for you, are there, are there any qualities right or, or patterns that you see in the people that you'd identify as your mentors? Mm-hmm.
1: I have a lot of people in my life who I, f- I feel like are mentors in some way. Shout out to uh, David Council and Sonny Jonas and Chris Arkady and Allie Fox and just people who have poured into me, right? The two things that get me are, one, the willingness to let me fail, right? To see the writing on the wall and to recognize that they have to let me go through a thing, right. Um, and then we can talk about it later, right? Uh, that has been a consistent thing and something that like I've appreciated in hindsight but that has often like upset me in the moment, right? Um, and so, but, but I've seen it's like a really, really important thing. And then the other thing is just the, the, the seeking out. It's one thing for me to go and seek advice, right? It's another thing for someone to, even though they don't have to, like to take responsibility for my growth and development. Right, and to say I choose to opt into pouring into you, right, um, not because you asked me to, but because I see potential in you, right. I see things that I can call out in you, and I feel that I can I can give you that.
0: I think for me the things that came up was understanding how the relationship started, right. And for me, it's always with a very specific shared interest, right. So when I think about Ken Faggiano, who's my guidance counselor, right? Like, the, the initial shared interest was, was me getting into college, right? And, like, that's where our relationship started, but it soon evolved from there. My coach, Coach Tom Saunders, right? Clearly, it was about basketball, right? So, it started with basketball. Bob Smart, professor at Quinnipiac when I went there, started with English, right? Like, I was pursuing an English degree using an English, like, professor, right? And so, like, started there. And now, somebody who identifies as a mentor is my principal at my school, Matt, who It starts at the professional level, like we work at the same school, right? Mm. So it starts there and it has developed over time. It's been clear to me very early on in all four of those examples that, that those four men started to take an interest far beyond just the thing we shared an interest in, mm. right? And we're invested in that and we're invested in asking me questions and, like, pushing me in ways that went beyond just questions of, oh, well, what college do you want to go to? Or do you understand how to run this set on our team? Or are you clear on the expectations for this essay? Or do you know what you're doing with these students in your job every day, right? Like, it went far beyond that. Yeah.
1: No, that's good. That's good. And it, it's, it, it's interesting, right? Because I can look at the people who are mentors to me. Like, I can look at where our relationship started. Like, what, what was it that they that they poured into me initially and how that's developed right so like when i think about pastor council right there was like a body of knowledge specifically around our shared faith that like he just he just dumped into me right like he just poured into me or i think about sunny jonas who like the thing she contributed to my life was was calling out gifts and 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 talents in me that i didn't see in myself right um right and so it, there are there are points where like oh it starts with this thing that I want to like I want to like impart right um and in in that it builds into this relationship where it's like oh well now I just call you to say hey and see what's up and you ask me really powerful open-ended questions and you just listen to me talk right um but it started with like you had a specific thing that you wanted to like impart in me and uh yeah
0: yeah I think the last thing that I'd note. Know- and as we start to think about, like, well, why is it so important to understand mentorship, right? Is all four of those relationships that I identified for myself were cultivated in person, right? It wasn't. I mean, there were sure there were email checkups and even texts once mm-hmm. in a while, but like the vast majority of the relationship building was like, we are sitting at this table, we are we are sitting in this classroom, like we are here together, right? right? And I think that that's really important to understand as we think about. Our generation and the generations that are younger than us, right? So, so as we think about the young people that you and I get to work with, yeah. right? We we live in a world now where we are simultaneously more connected than ever and also more disconnected than ever, right? Yeah. And so, like the value of mentorship, I think is is necessary, right? And as we were doing, as we were doing research for this episode, as I was looking through different articles, different literature, so much of that work that is current is all framed around profession, right? Mm -hmm. Mentorship as it relates to profession, right? So like there was a report that was done by Deloitte uh, back in 2016 that was about like the state of millennials as it relates to profession, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, just from the excerpt here, I think it's really important to get a snapshot of like why mentorship really matters. There is really no secret to success and there surely are no shortcuts. In my case, from one of the writers, uh, it was a pretty simple equation hard work, plus some lucky breaks, plus great mentors. The last of these, the positive impact of the mentor is clearly highlighted by our findings. Among those who have somebody acting as their mentor, more than 9 in 10 describe the quality of advice, which is 94%, and the level of interest shown in their development, at 91%, as good. So good to great. Among those with mentors, 83% are satisfied, with this aspect of their working lives. Mm. So if we're just focused on profession, right, those people that feel connected to a mentor just express a higher level of satisfaction in their work, higher level of joy, higher level of effectiveness, right? Like, they feel more productive when they have a mentor.
1: Right, just thinking about, uh, just thinking about our our, our leadership team, right? Like, uh, uh, so yeah, we working with uh, awesome guys who, Uh, are really about what it means to lean into what it means to uh, sift through what it means to be a man for them and then also help others uh in that work um what's what's been really interesting is being able to sit at a table with them and know that what they see us as is mentors right Um, and, and leaders but also positioning ourselves as equals around this table right and making sure that they're clear that our job here uh, is, is to empower them to, to be mentors, right? <laughs> and to begin to do this, this, le- this leadership work, this mentor work uh, with other people around manhood, masculinity, uh, defining those things for themselves and helping people define that for others, right? It's interesting that as mentors, uh, th- the way we move is that we position ourselves in many ways as their equals, right? Um, and in that way, we help them move as equals, right?
0: What's powerful about that, the way that we've approached it with Men Up and and with our leadership team and that mentorship, is that we're looking at mentorship beyond just professional setting, Mm -hmm. even beyond educational Mm -hmm. setting, as Mm -hmm. it's often framed when you get into undergrad and graduate school. Like There's often mentor relationships, right? But there, there are other spaces in our lives, in our communities, in our societies, where mentorship is necessary, and it doesn't have to be related to profession or education it can be interest group it can be faith it can be all sorts of other places right but that more of us i i would challenge more of us to seek out mentorship but also to seek out being the mentor for somebody else Mm. or some group of people
1: yeah 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 i just had a conversation uh with uh Ty Richardson, shout out Shout out to Ty Richardson, who's been a mentor to many people. We got a lot of
0: shout outs today. We're shouting out people left and right. Yo, today. man,
1: it's gratitude. It's gratitude. The, it's that time of the year. It, it really is, though. <laughs> yep. So shout out to Ty Richardson and all the other amazing people. Uh, and we were just talking about how he was telling me that the mentors in his life have sought him out, right? Mm. Um, that it wasn't a matter of, while well, he has asked people to be his mentor, uh The people who are still around, the people who are still mentoring him in some regards, still in his life, uh, still would be invited when he if he has a child or goes through some big transition in his life. uh, Those people are the people who sought him out and said, I would like to mentor you. Right. Um, And so I hear that, that there's an importance and not just. Uh, seeking to be mentored, but seeking to mentor. And it takes, a, it takes a certain amount of courage, and like I think that I can contribute to somebody's life in a really positive way, and I should be doing that.
0: And that it will also contribute to my life, too. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, in doing the research, I, I was going to different podcasts, different articles, uh, came across the Unmistakable Collective, which is led by a gentleman by the name of Srinivas Rao. Uh, really cool podcast, really cool article that I found too from him called "The Lifelong ROI or Return on Investment mm-hmm. on Coaches and Mentors." Right, and in that article, is talking about the benefit for the mentor and the mentee, mm-hmm. the coach and the coachee. Right, and bottom line, the value is that we are often at our best both creatively and productively, and are most consistent engaged in our own lives when mentorship is present, either as the mentor or the mentee that like, it's a, it's a mechanism for challenging us given whatever we are in that role. Like, and it often makes us more productive and creative and ultimately
1: happier. Oh man. Yeah. The way the, the way the, the early church operated, right? Like, and so it was just a matter of right before, before things got messy, it was like, uh, what was that exactly? Don't just, don't, do don't, <laughs> don't yo, yo, <laughs> it's a conversation for another day right but the idea right was that the term discipleship right which is uh the idea of what it means to to follow someone and, uh, and have someone lead you right uh the point of it was i will i will mentor you for some time and then the hope is that you will go and mentor someone else while i pick up someone else to mentor right um and it yeah, it seems like one, I'm doing this work and pouring into you, and one, it's benefiting me, but two, this the benefit that you're receiving is so that you can pour into someone else, right? Like we are cre- mentors hopefully are creating mentors, right? Um, that's that's the hope.
0: Yeah. So as we as we were sifting through all this, having these conversations, it became clear that there is a men up mentorship list. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just the start, right? But like based on the conversation we were just having, that there are sort of some ways in which our best practices to approach mentorship, mm-hmm. both from the mentor and the mentee, and really finding a powerful mentorship relationship. And so I think number one, one of the things we already identified is some some sort of shared interest, right? It doesn't have to be across the board that you share literally every interest with the person, but like there's some commonality that you're connecting with. Maybe it's professionally, maybe it's a certain interest group, right? But whatever it is, is a shared interest of something, mm-hmm. right? The next one is accessibility to the person. So obviously we live in an age where accessibility is easier and easier. Even if you don't live in the same state or the same continent even, right? You can still hop on a, a video chat, you can still get on Google Hangout or Zoom or any of the dozens and dozens of services out there and see the person face to face, but obviously, person-to-person, in-person, like, interaction is usually most powerful in developing mm-hmm. those relationships, mm-hmm. right? Having that accessibility. Also, the desire for both people to grow, right? The fact that you brought this up earlier, the fact that we're in it as equals, yes, I might have some wisdom, so do you, but, like, let's, let's be in this as equals and both committed to growing in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is a long-term investment is shared by both people, and that you're explicit about that, that, like, I'm in this for the long haul with you. And this goes back to our point where we were talking about this is us, that like it can create routine and it creates structure and something to rely on if you know that this is a long-term investment for both people.
1: Right, right, right. And I I appreciate that last one, that this idea of long-term investment, right? And the idea of being explicit about it, right? I'm in this for the long haul and I need you to be too. Right, (laughs) right, I need you
0: to be. And be able to say that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Well. Let's go out there and find some mentors and some mentees, George. Let's do that. Let's do do it right now.
1: Uh, Right this instant?
0: Right. Well, I mean, we got to end the podcast
1: Right, I think we need to do the outro, you know what I'm saying? we got to do the outro.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, please, if you liked this episode, make sure that you share it, that you like it, that you rate it. We are continuing to try to make this podcast better and better. So, we'd love any of your feedback and any of your sharing of Men Up and the Men Up podcast. But until next time, I'm Christian Shabu.
1: I'm George Black. We appreciate y'all